In July 2021, Baiju's acquired Topper, an edtech startup in the K-12 space, for $150 million. I was dressing up and I got a call. Like, I was very happy. Like, you can just imagine. This is Vaseem. He used to be a teacher at Baiju's. And I got a call and I didn't. When I got the call, I just said, maybe it is for that appraisal. So I was thinking about it. Once I uh, started getting calls from the colleagues about the termination, I called her back and it was like, all of them, it was 360 degree change in my mood. Like I was down. I didn't know what to do, whom to tell. Like it is an occasion. I can't tell my parents. I can't tell In June 2022, merely months after the famed announcement, Baiju's laid off 2,500 of its employees. 300 of them were from Topper and Vaseem, a science teacher from Srinagar, whose name has been changed, was one of them. It was the day of his engagement. A happy occasion, of course. And at that very moment, an HR personnel called him and broke the company's decision, which was more for forced resignation, by the way. It was like, why today? It can, it could have happened a day before, a day next today. But why exactly today? Also, just want to quickly apologize for Vaseem's audio quality as he was speaking with us from an area of limited connectivity. If 2021 saw the high of the VC inflow, board ape NFT projects, and salary hikes, 2022, at least the first half of it, is going through a slowdown, a crypto winter, and thousands of job losses. Who bears the brunt of a global meltdown? Who will survive this winter that's been around for far too long? Which companies have to let their valuation slip and let their employees go? And within these companies, who gets laid off first? Welcome to Cost to Company, a podcast about workplaces and careers by the Ken. Hear how your workplace is changing before you hear it on Slack. I'm your host, Shrivar. If I were to, you know, go back and think about it, I think it must have been in the early months of 2008 when we started talking about it in our company. And uh, because if our, if our customers are going to go under, we are going to get affected because... That's Ananta. He works as a program manager at an infotech company in Bangalore and knows a thing or two about being laid off. So I got laid off in 2009, November. No, 2008, November. And I was in the US till 2009, June. So for six whole months, it was not an easy thing for me because, and I, I, to be honest with you, I survived only because I had friends who basically let me stay with them without having to pay rent. They said, you know what? I have a room. Just make sure that you cook food, you 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 help clean, that's about it. The 2008 financial crisis and the 2002 dot-com crash were results of the subprime crisis and the overvaluation of newly minted internet companies, respectively. This time though, there isn't just one factor that's led to where we're at. The Russian invasion of Ukraine, 
rattling effects of COVID, dodgy crypto projects have led to a macroeconomic outlook that have led to multiple companies in the US and the world laying off its employees, often via prolific social media posts. What's interesting in India, though, is that big tech companies haven't really borne the brunt. These are the new tech giants, mostly based out of Bangalore, that have had billions of dollars of funding from the US, especially in 2021. Many are saying that the dream run of the startups are done. Out of all of these, one of them was Invact, which was not just affected by the economic slowdown, but a bitter battle between the founders, Manish Maheshwari and Tane Pratap. We got Tane to be on the show. See, I am a, I'm a positive person, optimist by default. So my answers are generally around those things. So what I think is, yes, this is... Tanay Pratap has worked for companies like Microsoft and Cisco, coaches students via Twitter and LinkedIn, and is also the CEO of Invact, a metaverse-based education startup that had to lay off 66% of their workforce. And he believes that the very fundamentals that separate big companies and small companies is causing the young ones to bleed. If you think about it, uh, corporations like Microsoft or Amazon, they work for shareholders' value, right? They create shareholder value. And uh, in contrast, startups actually are working towards increasing the or gaining more momentum and and increasing the overall value itself of the company, right? So that you can go from series A to B to C to D. So both are in a different phase. Like one has established business model and wants to increase the value of shareholders, public shareholders. Other is trying to figure out business models and trying to, uh, you know, get into spaces where nobody else is there. So in our previous episode, my co-host Sneha had discussed how companies like Dukan and Chingari were publicly displaying the salaries in the hopes to hire more talent. Money was the bait. Candidates just had to chew. When you ride the wave, the wave will also go down someday and you have to be ready for it. And how did Tana and his company face this wave, especially when it hit the shore? How we had structured our pay was there was an element of retention slash performance bonus uh, added into everyone's salary, which was close to 20-30% of uh, your cost to company, right? Uh, so, and when when I'm, when as an employer, if I'm laying you off, it's not your fault that you are being laid off, right? Um, so then why should you take the burnt off losing out on your yearly bonus? But here's the interesting part. Apart from the unfortunate things that happen with laying people off, Tane and most business leaders we spoke to are looking at the economic situation as an opportunity for business redirection. This is uh, an opportunity to go lean and then and then you know try to create business value for the next twelve months. So I think once you are out of the race, once or not out of the race, basically once the race is over, to grow fastest, and the race is about survival and grow profitable then you have to play by those rules because this is a different race altogether, right? So having more people would not have helped because you are not, it's not just people cost, right? People would need something. A, a marketing team would need a marketing budget to execute anything. It's just that people will do all of all of it by their own. So, so that's why I think uh, this was all of it combined, right? 
inflated salaries, inflated valuations, uh, totality in uh, 12 months to 24 months of timeline that, hey, this is going to happen. This is happening, not going to happen. This is happening right now. And and a chance to, you know, go back lean and, and build from fundamentals. I think all of this work together. Is there even a clear formula that companies use for laying off? I think there is uh, there's no definite equation to this. I have seen different kinds of layoffs uh, in companies, startups as well. Uh, it depends on what strategy you want to pursue, right, uh, going forward. If you are in a stage wherein you are developing a product and you are betting a lot on that product, even in, in bad markets, you would retain the, the product development team. On the other hand, if you are you have established business and you want to just go ahead and you know keep selling and you don't want to invest more in R&D, which is, which is what people call it, research and development, then you would lay off people from R&D first and not from sales. So it depends on where the company is. There's a gossip uh, grapevine is always giving, but there is no definite formula. What I've seen in bigger companies is that managers retain their position very very rarely a manager would get fired and mostly you know they are asked to cut down 10 percent or 20 percent and they they basically let people go who are not top performers but overall in a startup i think as i said it depends on where you are as a company by the way wasim's managers from baiju's were laid off too Okay, but hold up. We still haven't discussed who gets laid off first. How do they decide that? I don't have the answers. So I asked Harold, who has quite a few insights on the layoff season. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I wouldn't call it a layoff season, Shrivar. I think it's a, you know, let's call it a reality season for, for, want, of, for, for want of a better term, right? Harold D'Souza is a director at Walkwater Talent Advisors, which has been in the hiring space for quite some time now. He's had skin in the game in 2002, 2008, 2022. I wouldn't call it a layoff season. Yes, I mean, people, there are job cuts, but they're for the right reasons. Um, and they're because of things that companies and investors and people did seven, eight months ago, right? And while it's convenient to paint broad strokes and blame Elon Musk for everything, who's really to blame to get us in the thick of this reality season? According to Harold, it's the employers. A few clients that we work with in fintech, for example, right? I mean, and the fintech industry is going through a significant amount of of growth and change. Uh, but uh, we have two sets of clients there, and I've observed both ends of the spectrum. One set of client is, uh, you know, one client is someone who's who's done business for the right reasons and who's you know, really run a tight ship and who who was uh, fairly practical and realistic even in the exuberant times. And therefore, now is uh, is not needing to lay off so many people, right? Their uh, their business continues as usual, um, and they are still growing. They're still doing well. Whereas I have another client who just got caught into the fundraising and valuations game, hired so many people, spent a lot of money, and today when the funding is drying up, in saying, "Hey, I I can't continue with this high cost resource." Interesting. So Harold is basically saying that the very nature of how these businesses are run by the top management, especially when the sun is shining bright, is what causes them to suffer when the winter strikes. I mean, the employers are to be blamed, of course, 
and surprise surprise so are the employees yeah so let's not just uh, yeah let's not just uh, put the blame on the founders and the investors and i think uh, the candidates who also had four five six offers and negotiated with all of them and took the highest bidder i think they also are equally to blame for this turn of events i know of so many examples where people had an offer let's say at uh, you know x uh, lakhs and then they got something else which was 30% more and uh, they ditched that company just uh, you know 10 days before joining and took that 30% more and then within a month they got something which was 50% more so they left that company and again joined that other company for 50% more so those kind of things have also happened in the euphoria 6 months ago and now those very now those very same people are getting laid off because companies have paid them you know 300% more than what they were worth and who gets laid off first well the answer isn't really people specific but rather process specific thanks harold according to him there are two major approaches that companies take while laying people off one is clearly last in first out so you know people who are hired the latest for growth roles or for expansion and then the company suddenly finds that it's run out of money and that expansion will not happen and that person was hired most recently uh, then that person uh, uh, is laid off or and and definitely for uh, non business critical functions which could be uh, you know sales or marketing uh, or customer service or customer operations which are again not linked to uh hyper growth which the company was doing let's say 3 4 months back right those are not uh, uh business critical functions so they are the ones who are laid off uh, more often than they're not wow okay i'm a podcast host and producer am i really required to keep the lights on here at the ken uh, but anyway what can employees do to make sure that they're on the ship I would say the soft so-called soft skills of the past are the hard skills of the present. That's Ganesh Kohli. He's the founder of IC3 movement which provides career counseling and mentorship to young adults. While he may seem a bit didactic with some of his points, he does go on to mention that while the new age 21st century hard skills like coding and UX design are important, it's the softer skills like critical thinking and communication there are some key areas where employees can improve themselves and make sure that they're on board with their employers and the most important is the ability to sit on a chair called i don't know or i want to know you know the the i know chairs are very dangerous the ability to unlearn and relearn and unlearn and relearn not to get frustrated with having to unlearn and relearn a lot of times as as we grow uh, our frustration levels increase around unlearning Layoffs are an unexpectedly good way to learn what you've done in the past. You can probably pick up a few skills, get into mindfulness, and really find where your purpose is. Well, all this is obviously idealistic, which is why Harold from Walkwater isn't done yet. By the way, I, I think uh, to uh, employees or to people, I would say uh, to candidates or senior professionals or mid-management professionals, I would say that you know. pick the jobs for the right reasons um be aware of the market realities um and uh, kind of stay true to commitments right because if you uh, try to make most of a great situation then i think when the situation turns bad it it will come and hit you at some point of time um skill yourself continue to skill yourself 
and uh, be ready for opportunities uh, when market changes uh, build on your network build on your network of contacts uh, continuously so that um, you know so that your brand and uh, perception of your skill sets and knowledge of your skill sets really increases across the industry yeah harold is saying that it's not just your cost to company but your purpose goals skill set and even a basic understanding of where your company and industry is heading there are some of the factors you should consider before making a switch and if you're well into a job you should ask yourself this am i really keeping the lights on or like seth godin would say am i indispensable regardless of what the answer is it at least makes you think about these things he's also got something to say for the companies and investors as far as companies and investors are concerned i would say hire for the right reasons you know uh, be real about your company's uh, growth path and uh, um, and uh, uh, potential um, you know and uh, hire the you know use the right kind of process as far as hiring is concerned right don't just blindly hire people when businesses are growing without following the right process and without going through the right metrics it's not easy advice to follow shriver but that's the advice that i would give uh, give companies and investors yeah it's not easy neither the advice nor the situation but if it makes you feel any better it's not you it's them because layoffs as we've understood throughout the course of this episode aren't something that happened due to a person's inabilities to perform in most cases anyway it's a part and parcel of the cyclical nature of our world a parcel that nobody wants delivered at that doorstep certainly not in the engagement but one that's a reality check regardless of who gets laid off first it's not an easy decision to make or take and as al pacino once said it's not personal it's strictly business here are some reflections from the episode wasim who you heard at the beginning of the episode after being laid off from pyjus recently got an offer from the narana company with a 50% raise on its previous cost to company harold and tane both business leaders admitted that things will get worse before they get better they're expecting the winter to last for another 8 to 12 months along with using linkedin to get jobs a lot of the folks who were laid off joined temporary whatsapp groups to share job alerts new openings tips and tricks and more than anything to just listen and support their peers and as ganesh hoped many are using this time to recalibrate and find their purpose it can't be done in a single day but hey at least it's a step in the right direction This was a podcast from the Ken. This episode of Cost to Company was written, hosted and produced by Shrivar Chotaria with audio engineering by Rajiv CN. The theme music was composed, written and recorded by Sandunes. If you have thoughts, feelings or episode ideas, write to us at podcasts at the rate of the-ken.com. If you liked the podcast and want to know more follow the Ken web on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to leave us a rating on Spotify and a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us there or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Sneha and next week I'll talk to you about a software product 
that's taken the world by storm, one document at a time. It's only just a software, but it has fan groups, evangelists, meetups, and merchandise among people at all stages of their careers doing all kinds of work. Next week, you will be welcomed to the cult of Notion.